It's so good to be with you all today. And I want to welcome all those of you who are joining us online, wherever you may be in the world today. Um, know that you are loved in this house. Um, whether you're on holiday or you live outside of this country, Life Church Global loves you. And this is how, how much they love you. We're so grateful to have every one of you online, joining us online today. And, um, and even if you are in this city uh, or in this nation and you're joining us online, we have an awesome family that you can come and visit and drop in to one of our weekly services and I can guarantee you that you will experience the love of God like you've never experienced before. And we have an awesome team that will, that will make you feel at home. But I'm so also grateful for every one of you that made it here today. Thank you for not going on holiday. We forgive all those people who have gone, <laughs> who have gone on holiday and those who are going to go on holiday. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picking on Ricardo and Lisa because they're going on holiday. But I'm so glad that you, you made it to church. If you came back, if you were with us last week and you came back again here this week, you made it again. Well done. You're brave. Well done. You know, there's this saying, um, home is where the heart is. Have you heard of it? It's an amazing quote. But a house is just a house until a family lives in it. A house becomes a home when a family takes residence in it. And family is really at the core of God's heart in His kingdom. Family, not a building, but a family that comes together, makes a building called church, a community and a family. When we come together and we gather together in spirit and in truth, when we come here physically together and we place a value on this gathering, this building is not just a church, it becomes a home. It becomes a family that you come to. And the people that are, that are gathered in this room today and people who are gathered online, you are family. If you're, coming, if you're here for the first time or you've just come to our church last week or the week before, I just want you to know that God chose you to be here in this room so that you can experience his heart in family. There is no other place that you can experience the heart of the Father as much as you can experience it when his church come together and be the family. Family is not what we practice, family is who we are. 
there are no rules and no regulations of how dad can be and how mom can be and how the kids can be but when we all come together there's this craziness and there's this sanity and there's this joy and there's this peace and there's this awesome craziness that happens when we all together but at the same time somehow there's a synergy and there's a there's this we all somehow synchronized together to experience the heart of the father and i want you to know that that i've been around the world and i've seen other families and i've seen how they do family and sometimes we can go there and we can see oh wow you know they have good dishes on the table and you know they have good equipment in their house and a good sound system massive tv all that kind of stuff we can look at what other people do in their house but then when we come to our house what makes us special is you it's not what we do it's who we are that makes us family what we do is an extra bonus that makes family awesome so we're on a series called mystical family and um today the the title of my message is the source of fulfillment we're talking about the source of fulfillment you know family is is a core value in the kingdom of god some of us have not had good family experiences some of us have grown up a little too fast some of us have grown up with with parents or who were not mature like our heavenly father some of us have been in other churches where we've had leaders and uh, people who were god had put over our lives that we familiarized ourselves more with their flaws than with the transformation that we that they were experiencing in their lives and somehow we walked away with having experiences that church is not a family church is a place that we go to and i want you to know that that it grieves god's heart when you and i don't experience family in his family it does you know when i was in worship today i was just standing here and i was i was just god told me he's like hey get ready you're going to get undone by my love i was like god i'm so i'm so ready for it you know god i'm i'm any even even an ounce of experiencing your love I'll take it I'll give whatever I need to do whatever I need to do I whatever I need to give I'll I'll give it and I'll do it He said you don't have to do anything I'm just I just want to allow you to experience how much I love you And in that moment I started seeing myself growing up I don't know if you have these experiences but I have this experience all the time and I was the only boy in my family and like only boy as in you know the only son uh, and i have three sisters um and my mom and dad and i and i thought i was alone 
because I didn't have brothers. You know, that I could fight, you know, you know do the things that brothers do. <laughs> I thought that my sisters were my brothers and after a certain age, they, they started crying because it started hurting. You know, <laughs> but um, so I, I, I had, a, had a tendency of, of feeling like I was alone. I'm in a family, but I had that feeling that I was alone. I felt like I was constantly pushing ahead. I have this feeling all the time. Like if you hang around with me even now, you will see that my natural state is to be futuristic. Like I'm all the time in the future, all the time. I'm constantly challenging people to think ahead, look ahead, move ahead. And sometimes it can be a lonely place. And so I grew up like that. My goals, my dreams, my visions. Oh, like I can do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Never wanted to prove anything to anybody. Didn't care about all that stuff. But I just wanted to move ahead. I wanted to do something. And I felt like I was alone. Have you ever felt like that? Like you're, 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 it's, you're the only one that's pushing. And it's the, you're the only one that's trying to get to a certain place in life. And you feel resistance. You feel like people around you don't understand you. People around you don't like you. People around you somehow, leaders, pastors, all of these things got put in place to restrict you. Your boss at work is not there to promote you. He's there to restrict you. I want you to know that you're in a good place. <laughs> you're in a good place. Because God began to show me through my life that everywhere where I felt like I was alone, He was with me opening the doors for me. And I want you to know that you're not alone. Even though you're in a family called Life Church Global, you're not alone. You don't have to experience loneliness while you're in a family. Loneliness is a choice that is birthed out of low self-worth. Loneliness is a choice that expresses itself out of low self-worth. And I want you to know that you are valued. God values you so much that the fact that you're sitting here breathing the air that He gives you to breathe shows that He loves you. I'm talking about the source of fulfillment today. Are you guys okay? The source of fulfillment. You know, in John chapter 14, the disciples come to Jesus and they ask him about his father. And Jesus says, have you not been with me long enough that you're asking me to show you the father? He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus says the Father and me are one. So for us, when we want to know the Father, the Father of the, 
of our house, the father of the, the, the kingdom, our heavenly father, God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our God and our father, the one that really keeps the family together, the one that keeps you together when you think all of life is tearing you apart. When you think your family is being torn apart, God is the one that's keeping it together. Your heavenly father is the one that is keeping it together. And so the disciples, when they ask Jesus, Jesus says to them, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, the father and me are one. So in essence, what I'm saying or what Jesus is saying is if you look at the life of Jesus, you will see the father being revealed. Are you with me? Is the music too emotional? Should we stop it for a little bit? Should we give Joshua a rest? Joshua, sit. Okay, don't go anywhere. I want, I want the church to look at you. You're awesome. <laughs> I've been in that place many times. My dad would tell me, come play the guitar or play the stuff. And then he'd say, stop, stop, stop. And I'll sit there just looking at the people. And the people just looking at me. And that's who I looked at for the rest of my life. I got used to it. So it's a call on your life, man. <laughs> so when Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, it's safe to say that when you look through the Gospels and you look at the life of Jesus, you will be able to understand the Father. So what is it about? What did Jesus do? When I talk about see the Father, I'm not talking about seeing the Father physically because a lot of us human beings want to have a physical experience of God who is spirit. And the tendency for us to get disappointed is extremely high because we want a physical experience of a spiritual God. But the Bible says that God is spirit and those who worship, worship is response, a response to God. A responsibility. God has given us the ability to respond to Him in spirit and in truth. Okay? You can say amen at any time. Okay? So you and I have an ability to respond to revelation. So when, when Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father... It means that when we look through the Gospels, it means that when I look at Jesus and the way he perceived things, the way he communicated and the way he did things reveals aspects of the Father that I can have an experience with. There's spiritual dynamics of the Father that are meant for me to experience. When I say me, I'm talking about you as well. So when we look at scripture, you, I'm going to keep repeating this till you, till you say yes and amen that you get it. Say enough, enough, I get it, I get it, okay? Okay? So when, I, when you and I look through scripture and we look through the gospels, when I see Jesus doing something, I'm not looking at a physical father doing something. I'm looking for his nature, his character and his abilities in what Jesus is doing in what Jesus is saying, in how he's perceiving what is happening in life. So if you want to have a, to, if you want to experience the source of fulfillment in life, you have to not do just what Jesus did. 
You've got to recognize the Father in everything that Je- in the way that Jesus perceived, in the way that Jesus did things, and the way Jesus communicated. Are we together? Yeah. All right. So now I want you now to go in your Bible to Matthew chapter 14, and Amanda touched on this a little bit, and I was a little apprehensive because she would give my revelation away. That's what it means to be in a church that's prophetic. We flow in the Spirit together. Right, Matthew chapter 14. And we'll read from verse 13 onwards. When Jesus heard that John the Baptist was beheaded in prison, he departed from wherever he was by boat to a deserted place by himself. But, the, but when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. Verse 14, And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. That's amazing, huh? His best friend, his cousin, his head was cut. And Jesus needs some time by himself. But the multitude... They just followed him. We're talking about a multitude of people. He saw a great multitude and look at this. He was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. Now we're talking about recognizing the father in what Jesus, how Jesus perceives, how Jesus communicates and what Jesus does. Okay? He was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. It's amazing. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Remember, we're we're recognizing the Father, okay? This is your heavenly Father. (laughs) Jesus does a miracle and his disciples come to him and say, send those people away. Let them go get their own food. The Father says, no, no, you feed them. (laughs) You will get it, you'll get it. They do not need to go away, but you give them something to eat. And then he said to them, and then they said to him, we have here only, say only, five loaves and two fish. No, no, just only part. Only part. <laughs> but thank you, thank you. And he, said to the, and he said, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. Not bring it, bring them. It's completely different language. Because see, Jesus, even though the fish were dead, he can raise it back to life. Just, just saying. So it's a them, not an it. Then he commanded the multitudes. He commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass and he took five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke 
and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that would remain. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Phenomenal. Now, if I were to ask you the question, what do you recognize about the father? What's the first thing that Jesus did? Come on, you can, you can tell me. He had, he saw the multitudes and he had compassion on them, right? Is compassion a fruit of the spirit? It's not. Compassion is a human emotion. What you're looking at is not divinity, but you're looking at is humanity. It is the human tendency to have compassion on people. What's the second thing that he did? He, he healed them. That's where you see the father entering in. A lot of people will look at a lot of needs in the world and have compassion but do nothing. So you can have a lot of compassion on the inside of you but if there's no action, the father is not revealed. So compassion is a good thing to have. But if compassion is coupled with or, or action follows compassion, then your heavenly father's nature is revealed to the people that the father sent you to. So if Jesus was sent to a group of people, that group of people were his family. The Israelites or the Jews were his family. They were his people. And the father sent Jesus to that people. And so when those people started following Jesus, he had compassion on them. They should have had compassion on him. He just lost his friend. He just lost a family member. In fact, in an extremely gruesome way. His head was chopped off and given to somebody on a platter. I mean, gruesome. But then you see Jesus saying, it's not about what I'm experiencing right now. It's about who I'm called to that matters to the Father in this moment. A lot of times we come to the Father, we come to a family because of the need we have. But we don't come to a family because we are sent to action out a need. See, a lot of us have walked through this room today and you or each one of us has a certain intention in our heart to being in this room today. And if I were to say that a majority of us came here because we needed something and it's not wrong. But the way the father functions, the way the nature of the father, the way the father communicates, or the way he perceives things is do I have a group of people who will say, even though I have my own needs, I will not focus on them. I will make the needs of the family my priority. 
See, most of us want to experience the supernatural in our lives, yes? We want to experience the supernatural. Look, Jesus, the realm of the supernatural for healing, miracles, signs and wonders was always available to Jesus. And it's always available to you. It was his ability in that hour to recognize the family's need and make it a priority for the supernatural to have an impact. Are you with me? Because it is in that place, ladies and gentlemen, when you focus on the need of the family, the need of the people, what is God bringing me to this church for? Is it for me to get something out of it or is it for me to be someone to them? Because it is based on that that the realm of the supernatural opens for you. Are you with me? So we see that Jesus moved with compassion and he healed their sick. So the healing virtue was always available to Jesus. Compassion was the door through which the healing virtue flowed to people. So I'm not saying your emotions are bad. Your emotions are a doorway to not make it about yourself. When your emotions don't make it about you, now the realm of the spirit sees you as an open channel through which it can flow. Are you with me? So Jesus now, he was moved with compassion and he heals their sick. He demonstrates to his disciples, these 12 guys who are with him, he demonstrates to them now, this is what the father's like. This is who the father is. The father is not focused on his need. The father is focused on their need. And that's why the father sent me now to be a part of this family so that the father can supply their need. Okay? Yes? It's not a trick question, not a trick statement. Okay? Now the disciples come to Jesus and say, send the church away. Send your congregation away. Send this multitude away. But Jesus is still having compassion for them. Because he knows that, they are, that the, the nearest city is so far away that some of them might even faint while walking all the way there. And so he tells the disciples now, you do what I just did. See, but human logic would say, but Jesus, you heal the sick. You're asking me to provide food supernaturally? You see, our human logic, not the way the father thinks, our human logic says, okay, healing has to happen in one, two, three, four, five, six steps. And every time I see need now for somebody to get healed, sure, I know exactly what Jesus did, so I'm going to do that so it can happen again. Praise the Lord. Do it again. But the Father's saying there are other needs. There are other needs other than healing in a community. Not just emotional needs now. Somebody's belly needs to be filled. 
Simple things that people are hungry. Anybody hungry? I'm hungry right now. <laughs> I'm just... My mom said, says this all the time. John, you were born hungry. You will always remain hungry. Like, bro, I can eat. Trust me. I can eat very well. Sometimes I have to stop. But my point, yeah. Because I can see everything that I ate starts hanging out with me too much. <laughs> yeah. What was I saying? <laughs> Coffee? KFC, what? <laughs> I'm just joking, man. So, two things that Jesus was communicating to his disciples and to us. It does not matter what the need is. Your ability to have compassion for the need enables you to experience the grace to do all things. Repeat it again. Who said that? Repeat it again. Okay. So your ability to recognize the need and your ability to have compassion for the need that you recognize in a community enables you to access the grace that you need to do all things in a community. Not just healing. You can do miracle signs and wonders. You can fill someone's stomach like if you go to Jesse's house, she will fill your stomach and boxes for you, your stomach to be full for a couple of days. It's like that. It's just, just the way it is. But my point to what I'm saying is there are needs in a community and the supernatural ability, the grace of God for you to supply those needs, not just the pastor now, you to be able to be a source of fulfillment for someone's need is always available to you. You've just got to position yourself outside of your need. To be like Jesus, to be like your heavenly father. See, because your heavenly father had a need and in that moment he gave. He had a need of a family and so he sowed a son. You know what I mean. <laughs> sure. But my mom and dad decided that one day when I was born, they said, God, you gave us this gift and now we're giving this gift back to you. That's it. I belong to God. I exist for his purpose alone. And my parents are cool with that. So when we do baby dedications in our church, you have to take it serious. You don't dedicate a baby and then control the baby for the rest of their life. You dedicate the baby and you teach the baby to have a relationship with its heavenly father so that it can learn the nature, the abilities and grow in the abilities and the character of the heavenly father. You sit with your baby and you teach them, hey, this is who your heavenly father is. You teach your children, this is who your heavenly father is. Because then the, it's not the pastor's responsibility to lead you now. It's your heavenly father's responsibility to lead you. When we come together as a family, I'm just here to equip you so that you can now have a personal relationship with your heavenly father. 
the church will continue to be the church. <laughs> the church will continue to be the church. Whether people like it or not, for thousands of years, this establishment called church has been, has gone through different various types of persecution, but it has outlasted them all. So the church will be the church and it will grow. But you need to think now that God has placed me in a family so that now I can be connected to the source to fulfill the need of the family. Are you with me? Right. So now, when they, when they come to Jesus, humanity comes to God and presents lack. When Jesus receives the five loaves and two fish, you don't hear Jesus making an awesome prayer of faith. Like some of us do. Like we pray out aloud because we need our faith to grow. <laughs> faith comes by hearing. There's a scripture you can pray and pray and pray, pray without ceasing and the reason why you're praying out aloud sometimes, you want people to know that you are a man of faith. Or you want to show yourself you, that you're growing in faith. Um, faith, hallelujah. And you get louder and louder and louder because the faith is increasing. And then all of a sudden, now when you have all the faith, thus says the Lord, be healed. But you don't see that with Jesus. Is anybody getting set free from religion? You don't see that with Jesus. The reason why you don't see Jesus praying out aloud in front of his disciples is because he knows his father. And his father knows him. He holds the five loaves and the two fish and he looks up. That's it. And then he blesses it. I bless this bread. Not father bless this bread. I bless this bread. Come on now. When we pray over our food before we eat it, are we praying, God bless this food that we are about to receive, may it benefit our body in all the right areas, you know, all these kind of prayers that we pray, or are you the one blessing your food? See, because your heavenly father is not like, like I want to bless their food. I'm the only one that can bless their food. No. He has blessed you. You know your heavenly father. And because you have access to this realm of the spirit, this supernatural realm that all things are possible, man, you can eat a burger and lose weight. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't have to go gluten-free, grain-free, all the free, free, free. It tastes like, you know, not real stuff. But you can eat all things. All things are beneficial. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Somehow with food, my church comes alive. Jesus didn't have to pray out aloud because he knew the source. Listen to my language. He knew the source. So what I'd love to submit to you is that when you know your source, 
you become the source so when we talk about understanding the nature the character and the abilities of the father the reason for that is when i look at the scripture and i look at what jesus has done i am seeing the father operating through jesus because jesus and the father are one but when i know my heavenly father and i operate now on the earth i'm not operating as someone who's a separate entity than my heavenly father in fact my father and me are one that is the jesus did not say why well, you know when you pray you ask me to heal the sick he says you go out and heal the sick which means you heal the sick see true fulfillment in life does not come when you only receive from god true fulfillment you experience true fulfillment in your life when you become the source when you provide for someone's need i'll try and repeat it again a lot of us are looking for fulfillment in life there's a then the nature of humanity the nature of the physical realm is that you can experience it for a little bit but then it fades away think about it like this when you go buy a new phone you're super excited to buy a new phone and then you go and buy that new phone and you're like why are you spending so much time with this new phone taking pictures and like megapixel this and megapixel that and you have this you know speed and that speed and all that kind of jazz what happens 2 weeks later take a phone throw it on the bed it's like phone falls out nah don't worry man i get another one or if you didn't do that well you know you can but don't throw it down and then say i'll get another one but if it does fall down and it breaks you can get another one you're not your heavenly father's wealthy but somehow that 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 glory that was on that phone begins to fade away this baby oh my god so cute my oh spend all day with the baby all day with the, my cute baby cute honey somehow something happens and that baby starts talking back <laughs> I want to drink to that. Are you with me? So, the physical realm, the tendency for us when we experience the physical realm is to experience temporary fulfillment. But when I'm talking about the source of fulfillment, I'm talking about when you now begin to express yourself like your heavenly father there's something that happens to you you are transformed into the very source you have a revelation of jesus um, please understand what i'm trying to say jesus is not praying to the father so that his faith can grow now He's connected. He and the source are one. He just has to thank his father. Think think about it. Think about it like this. When when his friend Lazarus, brother Laz was in the in the in the what's it called? 
tomb. Right? When, the, when Lazarus was dead and they would say, this body smelling now. You know, Jesus takes his time. He chills. Relax, guys. Have a coffee. Have some, you know, just relax. It's time. I know what's going to happen. But when he comes to the tomb, he prays and he makes a very, very awesome statement. And he says, Father, I know that you know what I need. I know you. You know me, Father. But I'm praying so that these people can believe in you. Oh, come on now. And then he raises someone from the dead. Now, just listen to this now. A dead person, a dead body has the ability to hear from the source. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? A person who's in the grave, dead, 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 has the ability to hear from the source. Not from a human being, from the... So our fulfillment, I am fulfilled in life, not when I am receiving things from God. I am fulfilled in my life. I am complete in my life when I become like the source. Are you with me? Now, if you go with me to Galatians, I mean, most of us already know this. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to see it. Galatians 5, 22, and it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is preference, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, what is it? Kindness. Kindness, ladies and gentlemen, is what we experience when we look at the nature of God in the, lives of Je in the life of Jesus. When I'm talking about the source of fulfillment, I'm talking about you and I experiencing or people around us experiencing a virtue of God called kindness. I want to present to you that your heavenly father is a kind father. When Jesus had compassion on him, kindness is the ability to act from compassion. See the when we talk about kindness now in the, in the Greek language, it sounds like Maria's surname, but I'm going, I'm not, <laughs> well, Maria's back from Uganda, man, she had an awesome, awesome time there, I think. Yeah, very good. So the Greek word for kindness is the word krestostes, okay, krestostes. And it's defined as meeting real needs. Kindness in Greek is defined as meeting real needs, not real greeds. My God shall supply all my according to his. So the access of God's riches is 
his needs. So if you have a need, that need exists because the measure or the the measure of need in your life exists because God has prepared a measure of riches for you. It's the only way I can explain it to you. <laughs> a lot of us have needs, but oh, pastor, I have emotional needs. Well, you know, I, I, I need to be loved. I need to be, yeah, sure, sure, all of that stuff. But there's something in the physical, physical needs. You have physical needs that are in your life that God has prepared riches for it. But in between the riches and the manifestation of those riches, you need the source. You don't need a man, not a woman. You need the source. So either you can become the source or somebody else in your family is the source. Christos says... is defined as meeting, meeting, the act of meeting real needs. Okay? It's this, it is the spirit produced goodness in us which meets the need and avoids human harshness. That's what kindness means. Kindness means meets the needs of the people without being harsh. Human harshness. There's a virtue, a spiritual virtue called kindness. This is a fruit of God. This is the ability of God and it exists in every single one of us. This ability of your heavenly father to be kind. I'm not talking about generosity now. I'm talking about kindness. Kindness is not gentleness, different. Kindness is not goodness, it's completely different. Goodness is a moral virtue. It's a spiritual virtue from which you are kind, from which you act. So kindness has to do more with acting, doing, not acting. You know what I mean? The action, doing, meeting someone's need, meeting the church's need, meeting your business, your boss's needs, meeting the school's needs, meeting whatever needs there exist in your life. See, you have a job today because you're meeting a need. So your, your company hires you to be kind to them. So don't give your angry boss an attitude when you have to be kind. See, you're paid a salary to be kind. How amazing is that? God put you in a family. God put you in a company Right? God gave you a business so that you can be kind. You can be like Him. See, your Heavenly Father puts you in positions so that you can now be as He is to the people that He sends you to. Are you guys okay? When you and I are kind to people, kindness is is like a double-edged sword. There are two effects that takes place when you're kind. 
let's say you come across a person's need in your in 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 their life you come across a need in their life and now god has given you the ability to meet that need are you with me the two things that take place the person who receives from you or the company that receives from you or the people that receives or the family that receives from you now experience God's provision wow i am experiencing the nature of jehovah jireh my provider are you with me a lot of christians are okay with that part because we love to receive and we want to stay there but god's heart for you is not to stay as a receiver <laughs> so the the other effect is on you you don't profit from somebody else receiving they experience god as a provider but you become like your heavenly father who is the provider are you with me fulfillment spiritual fulfillment comes when you become like your heavenly father and that happens in every opportunity that you experience that you get to be kind is that amazing isn't that amazing like think of the 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 opportunities in your life not the need think of the opportunities that god has placed in your life for you to demonstrate kindness but you've had compassion but you've not acted oh man i feel sorry for that worship team the sound was not good and you're a sound engineer and you held yourself back you saw your your company struggling in an area and you have the expertise but you're not paid for it and you held yourself back you are qualified to do something to solve a problem but then you hold yourself back because there's no monetary gain see what, what i'm not trying to make you feel bad you know you didn't know this until now but We, God has always been putting these us in these positions. He's always been placing us in these positions, not so that you can just now, ah, uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of money and I just want to give away. It's good, but are you recognizing need or greed? See, the supernatural, the supernatural affects your bank account when you are moved with compassion for genuine need. You have access to the supernatural. You can be a, you know, a, a, a you know, have a business to do shoot videos and and all that kind of stuff. You you you're being kind to people. And every time you you have you see a client's need but they've not paid you for it and it's not part of your quotation and you've said you've held yourself back and you've allowed the client to learn from their mistakes 
so that they can come back to you you've not revealed the father to them see the when i say the source when you're connected when you become the source of fulfillment it means this that i know my heavenly father has so much of riches that when i let go of what i have i know that i'm not going to be in need because listen to this his riches are my riches We all love abundance. If you don't put your hand up, I mean, oh my gosh, really I need to pray for you. Who loves abundance? Yeah, good. That's awesome. Abundance is truly expressed in the form of generosity. If abundance is stored you're corrupting it because of poverty in the mind look i want you to go to second samuel i want to show you something beautiful in the life of david second samuel chapter 9 this is another one of those names that i'm learning to somebody can help me with it Mephibosheth that's the one You must understand David King David before he became king was chased around his own people wanted to kill him he was hated for 25 years ran around the desert because the king wanted to kill him wanted him dead but he made a covenant with his with the king's son Jonathan right And so now when David comes into abundance when David becomes king now he looks for Saul's family he looks for Jonathan's family and he says this 2 Samuel chapter 9 verse 3 and the king said is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God It's amazing He's not saying, "Hey, listen, I'm king. I'm the man now. I've reached the place that I that God told me I'm going to reach, and now all of this stuff is mine. I worked for it 25 years. I ran around the desert, and I've earned this place that I've come into." David in the Old Testament recognized that even that place was given to him by God. and he's standing there and he's now remembers when he is king he remembers not just Saul he remembers his covenant with Jonathan and he says is there anyone in the family of Saul Saul was the one who was chasing after him is there anyone in that family of my enemies that i can show not just human kindness now i want to show that person god's kindness And so Ziba said to the king there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet 
And the king said to him, where is he? And so they bring the boy or the man to him. And verse 6 says, Now Mephibosheth, who? The son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David. He fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth. And, and he answered, Here is your servant. Now listen to this. So David said to him, Do not fear. It's amazing. Do not fear. For I will show you, I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Come on, man. That's amazing. He did not earn the place. He was lame in his feet. Somebody dropped him, a maid dropped him when they were running for their life. They, they said, oh, David's become king now. Let's just run. And while he, she was running, she drops him and he becomes lame for the rest of his life. But David finds him and he doesn't look at everything that disqualifies him. He says, hold on a minute. Let me, let me bring you into my house. You sit at my table and you eat from my table. I'm going to, everything that your grandfather had, he was a king. Everything that he had, I'm going to give it to you. But you, you eat at my table. Come on now. See, that's what kindness looks like. Kindness is not what qualifies you that before God. Kindness is what good Jesus has done. So the heavenly father now, in our day and age, is looking for anyone who believes in his son. Is there anyone on the earth that has the ability to respond to me? I'm looking to bless you. Is there any son of Adam? Any son of Adam on the earth that I can bless? And so the blessing that he has for Jesus, now the father wants to show you that kindness. Isn't that amazing? That word kindness in Hebrew, actually, they find it difficult to define kindness because it's defined as giving of oneself fully. The word chesed or kesed means to give oneself fully to another. And so in, in other words, it's, it's loving kindness. It's kindness with compassion. Loving kindness. Loving kindness and tender mercies. See, our Heavenly Father, we've had bad experiences of fathers, but our Heavenly Father has always remained a loving Father that has always wanted to show kindness to you. You know, when He rescued Israel out of Egypt, He made a covenant with them that I will be your God and you will be my people. I will be merciful and gracious towards you. That word gracious over there is the word kindness. You can, they came out of slavery with the mindset of being a slave, but yet God said, I will show you kindness. See, but true transformation for us in Life Church Global, it's not about what we can receive. Although that is awesome, you cannot love unless he, you actually experience his love for yourself. But once you experience that love for yourself, once you experience provision, once you experience abundance in your life, look at the times in your life where God has provided for you. Look at the moments in your life where God has rescued you. Look at the times when God has healed your body. 
Every time God heals your body, you now become the source to heal somebody else. When God has provided for you, it does not matter whether you wasted that money or not. You've experienced what it means to be a provider. We often think that God is going to judge us based on how, what we did with his kindness. But true kindness is not about how many baskets are left? Let's do something with those baskets. Let's count it. Let's do something with the baskets. No, you just want to make sure that everybody's fed. He's not looking how you wasted your food. Oh, it sounds like I'm clapping. No. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is not looking at how you use the blessing. <laughs> Whether you bought a phone or you bought awesome shoes or you bought nice clothes for yourself. That's all. When you do it, the Father is blessed. He's like, yes, it gave me good pleasure to see you in good shoes. I was listening to, I don't know if you agree with UFC or not, but I, I, like, I saw the Father in it. Wait, just wait. I was listening to an interview by one of the, the fighters, the champions. And at one point in time, his salary from a fight was about $400,000. Okay. And he was okay with it. He's like, yeah, man, you know, $400,000. Yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm, I, I was supposed to get less, but I got more. Wow. Awesome. Good stuff. And the CEO calls him and says, we're not going to give you $400,000. We're going to give you a million dollars. So he said, Why? Because champions need to show that they're earning a million dollars. Oh, come on. We want our champions to show to the world that they are dressing well. Their father's prov providing for them. See, we always think that generosity is, is about how much we give to the church. But when you first learn to love yourself and be generous with yourself... then you will be generous with every opportunity that the Heavenly Father brings you. Are you with me? Growing up, I often thought kindness means, means just be nice to me. But today that, that this revelation takes a, a completely different, has a completely different meaning altogether. Kindness means acting, doing something to meet the need of someone. You know, in Luke chapter 2, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to, if it comes up, it comes up, but it's okay. In Luke chapter 2, Jesus is hanging around the temple in church. And he's looking at what people are putting in the basket. It's quite intimidating, right? The God who gave you the job, the God who gave you the money, God who gave you the abundance is trying to see what, what you're going to do with it. But he's not looking at what is put in there, but he's looking at the hard attitude while they're putting in the box. And so now, 
Listen to this. He sees a lot of people giving out of their abundance. But what catches his attention is a widow that gives the two mites. What is the difference between both of them? The ones who gave out of their abundance never affected their lifestyle. But the one who gave all that she had walked away from there because her lifestyle was affected based on how she gave. She walked away from the temple trusting that the one who gave me these two mites is the one that will take care of me for the rest of my life. The ability, sorry, Luke 21. What did I say here? Yeah, it is Luke 21, sorry. I said Luke 2, sorry, Luke 21. Many of us in this room might look at our bank accounts and present to God a heart that is defined by lack. But what catches the Lord's attention is the character and the nature of the Father that is revealed in your ability to be kind to His body. When you walk out of this room, after you gave, when you walk out of this room, are you walking out saying, God, Not that I don't know where my next meal is going to come from. Because that says that you don't know your Heavenly Father. But actually saying, walking out of this room fully assured, I know where my next meal is going to come from. That's why I am trusting you with everything that I have. You know, when... When... um, the first time when Kelsey and I went to the U.S., we went to for a leadership um, advance at Bethel in Reading, and uh, we were when we drove into the city, we wanted to have a cup of coffee. So uh, in those days, there was no atmosphere coffee. So we went to the you know the next standard, which is Starbucks. And so, <laughs> not saying that Starbucks is bad is really good. Uh, it's okay. So we went, so we drove into. Dro- we, we, because we, we needed to get uh, some caffeine before we go into a conference. So we, drew, we went to a drive-thru and when we went through the drive-thru, we ordered our coffee and, and you know, there were four of us in the car, we ordered our coffee and stuff like that. And so now we went to the next window to pay for it. And when we reached the next window, the guy who is at the counter told us that the coffee was paid for. I was like, man, this, these guys are so kind. Who, I, don't even, I didn't even know that they're part of a church or whatever. But when we went to the next window, 
to get the coffees we asked the question so why did that guy do this and he said no no we're we're part of this church and in this church everybody does this we pay for somebody else's coffee you see that the church is known in the city for their kindness <laughs> simple thing like just paying for the next person's coffee so now four of us now got free coffees so we're like okay we're going to pay for the next car you understand but there's something different when you receive kindness and completely different when you become the source to be kind to someone i walked away we walked away from that place going my gosh thank you for loving me so much but thank you for giving me an opportunity to be like you see an act of kindness became a revelation for me to become an act of kindness that you've experienced is an invitation for you to become the revelation of your heavenly father a kind loving merciful father from that day on Kelsey and I just gave we became givers like no we were always givers but there was a difference in the giving now there was a difference in how we gave and what we gave and there was a difference in how we looked at need in in the lives of our people there's a difference there's a difference there's a difference when we look at need and we know that it's a habitual issue versus someone who's really in need based on consequences that have happened to them not consequences that have created now and over and over and over and over and over again you have to learn to discern in need but see jesus in a multitude you can't discern like ah who you no you ah you no no he just loved he was just kind to everybody he acted and gave out the heavenly father because that's what he did see for us we can become very discerning and and we can become very shrewd and we can become very careful and we lose opportunities to become like our heavenly father and so that kind of giving is a part of our church <laughs> paying for somebody's bill is not a foreign thing if you've been hanging out with Kelsey and me for a long time or Mac and Amanda or any of our leadership team uh, uh, uh coaches team you we will fight you for the bill not because we want to show you that we are somebody no we we we're being kind to you it is in a place of abundance that you reveal the nature of the father are you with me it, even though you don't have a lot of money in the account abundance is not equal to your bank account abundance is equal to the riches that the heavenly father has stored up for you so you give and you pay for people's bills and we we pay for, it doesn't matter what color what caste what creed doesn't matter what your bank account is in fact if you are rich i will pay your bill it does not matter 
I want to sow into your life. I want to show you by being kind to you that this is who my heavenly father is. I want you to experience who my father is. That is the reason why we do that. But see, oftentimes it can become a, a culture where people can be very comfortable receiving. Like I go to Iona's restaurant, Kelsey and I go to Iona's restaurant. I fight her not to give me free food. And she fights me back. <laughs> and it's cute, I love it. But at the end of the day, Iona knows that the generosity that comes through Kelsey in my life, right? This kindness that comes through Kelsey in my life is revealing a blessing that is on her restaurant. So when you go to a restaurant, don't expect free food. When you experience a, when you are in this church and you're experiencing a, 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 a solution that a business person is providing in your life, don't take them for, for granted. Pay them a premium. We have people in real estate don't, that, that are trying to get you houses or whatever. Don't try to take their commission away from them. In fact, give them more. Why? Because there's, there's, there's no end to the supply. Don't act like your heavenly father is poor. You might say, well, pastor, I only have this much in my bank account. Yeah, but how much does he have in his? That's what you're looking at. You're not looking at what you have, the natural. You're looking at what he has. And, and when he sees your nature that is just like his nature, catches his attention. And now he says, I'm going to give you more. Why? Because I, I know I can trust you with my nature. Are you with me? So I want to encourage you today that in everything that you're doing, don't wait. <laughs> don't create a habit to experiencing kindness. And think that this is what the church needs to do for me. It's a habit. We go to work because we look for that place to give me something. They need to be kind to me. Don't they know my name? I'm just a number in this company. <laughs> don't, take it, don't take it personal. You're there because your heavenly father placed you there so that you can reveal his kindness to them. I want to encourage you. Don't wait to receive. Be the first one to give. Let's stand up. Let me pray for you. Put your hand on your heart. Hand on your heart. Father, we thank you for everyone that's gathered here, Father. We thank you that you have moved our hearts today more than anything else to become a source of fulfillment. And Father, I thank you that you are revealing to us, you are opening our eyes and revealing to us the areas of need in our lives. 
areas of need around us, Father. And I pray for every single one that is in this room or watching online, that you will begin to reveal to them the abundance that is already stored for them, God. Father, we thank you that the wealth of the wicked is being stored up for the righteous. And we thank you that the righteous is in this room. The righteous are in this room. The righteous are watching us today online. And I pray, Father, right now that you will begin to give us courage to make a commitment to be to fulfilling the needs of the of the people around us, the needs of, of, of the businesses around us, the needs of the businesses in the church, the needs of the church, God. You would give us the courage and the faith to make a commitment to expressing kindness and revealing that you are a kind father to a generation that does not know you as a kind father. And so today, Father, we pray a blessing over each and every person that is gathered here, God. I thank you, Father, that arthritis is being healed right now in this room. I thank you, Father, that, that a person who has twisted their ankle, that is having severe ankle pain, right now their ankles are being healed right now. I thank you, God, that swelling in the legs are going down right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that, uh, that, um, the, the, that um, issues of weight gain and weight loss because of of hormone issues, God, thyroid issues are being healed right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that spinal cords are being healed right now. Father, I thank you that in the same way that you fulfill the needs of the people, God, right now, you're fulfilling the needs of the people who need healing in this room, God. I thank you that fever is leaving people's body. Persistent coughs and cold are leaving people's body right now. Lord, asthma and bronchitis is leaving people's bodies right now, Lord. We release healing provision right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that marriages are being whole. Marriages are being made whole right now, Father. I thank you, Father, that communication in marriages and communication in relationships right now, in families, are being restored right now, God. Because families have, been, have learned to be kind to one another, Father. Father, we thank you that there are more than anybody else that you reveal to us your kindness in your loving tenderness and your loving mercy towards us, Father. And so today, Father, we make a commitment to you. We make a covenant with the family that we, you've placed us in and the businesses we've placed us, you've placed us in to be as you are to the world that does not know you as the source of fulfillment. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Bless you, church. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome week. All right. See you. God bless.